Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for you. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He told separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 265 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff, and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, man? Well, first and foremost, Bankster Barry powering me through this week's show, but Again, starting it off with some sad news, Jeff. The day after we recorded last week, we lost another legend. And that legend was Butch Reed. Or as some people knew him in the Mid-South, Hacksaw Butch Reed. He was one half of Doom. He was also the natural Butch Reed, which we all know and love him from the great WrestleMania 4 tournament. Don't talk crap about WrestleMania 4, Jeff. I'm oh, not going to accept it. It's terrible. Don't you start. Oh, I'm going to start. I, I, don't I'm, you start. Engine's getting revved up over here. Security. <laughs> Force terrible. We lost an we lost another legend. It it sucks. Butch Reed was great, dude. And how often have we harped on we need Doom figures? We've been saying it since the first episode. We need Doom figures. The Galoob figures are in our Hall of Shame. Unacceptable. Sweatpants and tennis shoes. No. That was not befitting of Butch Reed. And we missed out on Butch Reed getting an LJN as well. Correct. It was just bad timing all around. I don't know why the natural Butch Reed was not made into an LJN. He was at WrestleMania 3. As mentioned, he was at WrestleMania 4. So he was right in the time frame. I don't know why he didn't get a figure made. We would have bought Butch Reed for sure. Oh, absolutely. Oh, dude, no doubt about it. Blonde hair Butch Reed, no problem. And it's unfortunate that Jax didn't make him, nor has Mattel as of yet. But if ever there was a time... To just pull the trigger on giving us a set of Doom figures with masks. Or, hey, give us two heads. One with mask, one without. Or, removable mask. Either way, we've got to have Doom figures in our life. I hope somebody picks up that ball and runs with it. But another legend lost. R.I.P. Butch Reed. I will say one of my favorite matches of his was the Starcade 90 Street Brawl or Chicago Street Fight or whatever it was between Wyndham Arn Anderson and Doom. It was outstanding. One of my favorite Butch Reed matches. So that was definitely one to put on when I heard of his passing. We did a shot for him on DWH. If you and I drank on this show, we'd be doing a shot to him. But instead, we're stuck saying that our favorite Butch Reed figure is the Galoob. Because unfortunately, Jeff, that is the only Butch Reed figure that we've been able to get our hands on. Well, As of yet. I had an quick opportunity to meet him and he was signing autographs in new jersey acts sorry wrestlemania 35 weekend but i didn't know how to get to new jersey to get to the signing and basically i would have only been going for butch reed and i can't remember who the other person is i didn't have anything for him to sign so it was one of those like eh, I, I don't have nothing to sign so i didn't have the galoobs mint on card or anything to get signed or right 
it's not for lack of trying either. I did look for Galoob Doom figures, but of course they were astronomical and I wasn't going to pay the prices. So right, that would have been the only opportunity I got. And what I was hoping is when everything lifted, I have this NWA tag title that's sitting down below me. It's already signed by the Rock and Roll Express. I want to get Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane to sign it. I wanted to get Butch Reed and Ron Simmons to sign it. I want to get the Steiners to sign it. Arn and Tolly as well to sign it. Oh, for sure. That'd be so amazing to have on display, dude. So anyways, I was hoping to get Butch and Ron to sign that tag title. Yep. And we say it all the time, dude. Never pass up a chance to meet your heroes. And this is why we say it. Because you don't know when. You know, you when's the next time you're going to be able to, or the, when's the last time you're going to be able to have a chance to tell that legend, thank you for all those years of entertainment. And we say it all the time, never miss an opportunity. And you just told a story as to why we always say that. So RIP Butch Reed. I hate starting out the show this way, dude. So we have had a slew. Slew? A slew. Plethora. Many. Hasbro-styled figures be released. And I've been asking a lot of people this question, and I want to ask you, and I'm going to start off the show this way. Oh, I see. I throw a curveball at you last week, so you try to throw one at me this week. I see how it is. That's where I, I got it from. I see. So I've asked a lot of people this qu- same question. We've had a lot of Hasbro-style figures uh, given to us just recently or announced. We've had the Nick Aldis, the Blue Meanie and his podcaster. Ethan Page has been shown off. Zombie Toys is all in this now. We've got... And we have more to come in the news. My question to you is, without these being big toy factory names, are these going to be valuable in the future? For example, the label says Zombie Sailor Toys. It doesn't have Hasbro, Mattel, I guess you could say Jazzwares. I I, I don't know. You could probably throw that on there. Uh, It doesn't have the word NECA. Are these going to be valuable in the future? And before you answer, go ahead and think about your answer. I actually have a new bang that has been sitting in my fridge since last Friday that I have been waiting for the show to crack open. You son of a bitch. You really found it. I ordered it from Amazon. Yes, I did. This is Delish Strawberry Kiss. So I'm going to let you go ahead and give your answer. I am. Okay. Go- I will give my review later, but I'm actually curious about your answer about this because... A lot of people have had different answers for this. So I actually want to hear yours. So I'm going to crack this open. So I don't think that the name on the card, the name being who made it, the manufacturer, I don't think that's really going to have much to do with it, Jeff. I think it has more to do with the name of the figure and how many are produced. For example, you're going to be touching on some names in the news, so I don't want to tip our hand just yet on those names or that name. But let's take Bruiser Brody from Zombie Sailor Toys. How many are going to be manufactured? Is there a demand for his figure? If so, does the demand outweigh the number of figures produced? We don't know how they're going to distribute them yet. Are they going to have an open pre-order window where every order placed is an order filled? Or are they saying, on this date, the figure goes on sale and there's going to be X amount available, order until he's gone? I don't know. Are they going to meet the demand or are they just going to make their own amount of figures 
throw them out in the wild and see what happens. My guess is they're only going to make a certain amount and set up a date to order them. And when they're gone, they're gone. In those cases, astronomical pricing, right? Because the demand for the figure is going to outweigh the number of figures. Whereas if you did a pre-order setup where every order placed is an order filled, well, that changes things pretty much, right? If you make 5,000 orders and then you make 5,000 figures to meet those orders, well, there was the demand. It was met by the product. So the only people ordering it after the fact are trying to go to the secondary market are the people that missed the pre-order date. So, or dates, if it was a month like Super 7 does. So it, it really just depends on what these companies are going to do, like Nerds Clothing with their Jay White or Zombie Sailor Toys with the Bruiser Brody and others. I, I don't know how they're going to do it yet. And I think a lot of it depends on how they handle the order process. Okay, that makes complete sense. I've had people tell me the initial value of these are going to be through the roof. I've had people say the same exact thing, but followed up with in the future, they don't think that they may hold weight unless these actually become a huge toy company. So they think that be, it, it depends on who's making them. Correct. So it has less to do with numbers of the figure and the figure itself. Correct. Versus the name on who's manufacturing. Okay. Some people have said because it doesn't have the name Hasbro, doesn't have the name Mattel, isn't going to hold weight in the future. Are you familiar with what the values on the Cella Nick Aldis figure are right now? I haven't looked. Okay, I haven't either. I was hoping that maybe you knew. I don't know if it's high or not, but I believe Cella had a certain number available and they sold out pretty quick. And then Nick Aldis had a certain number available hand-signed and those also sold out pretty quick. Immediate values after the fact, I didn't see people selling them for an astronomical amount. It was maybe, I don't know, 20 bucks more than they paid for it. But that might be one that appreciates over time. But I think it's a combination of quantity produced and the name of the figure. And there's one coming up in the news that I would imagine is going to fetch quite a bit on the secondary market. Mm -hmm. But again, if for me, it all ties back to how many are produced and what's the demand for that name. So it's it's you got to kind of throw it on the scale a little bit and see which side weighs out. But there are certain names, I think, that are going to go higher than other names. Okay, because if you look back in the wrestling figure archives, what figures outside of LJN, Remco, because these were big toy names at the time. Mm -hmm. LJN, Remco, Galoobs, they made wrestling toys. What figures outside of the big names, Jax, Mattel, now Jazzwares, have gone for a huge price? Like if you look at the Just Toys Bendems, the last series does garner a lot of money. And, right. and outside of that, the only other one that garners a lot of money is the rock, what they call the rookie figure. Right. So if you look at the rest of the line, it didn't really, you could buy them for dirt cheap. Uh, Manix, the Hasbro knockoffs. Uh, you, you talking about the, um, uh, the, the play school? No, 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 not the play school, the Manix ones that were basically using Hasbro molds, because remember there was that oh, diesel-looking guy? Oh, that's and right. There was, yeah, and then there was a Razor Ramon-looking guy. For some reason, those have skyrocketed. <laughs> of course I made, they have. Most likely because, yeah, well, because they were Hasbro knockoffs. So that ties directly into your question about the Hasbro-style figures. Manix might be something to look at. 
as an example of, are these going to be worth something in the future? It took Manix a long time to escalate in value, but when Hasbro's took off, Manix almost went up in lockstep. So it's definitely going to be a wait and see. And for me, it's going to be a wait and see on demand and quantity. So okay. that's where that's where it tips on the scale for me. We'll see. I tend to lean to the side with the people that say that it's the company that backs it. But, okay. But we don't have the crystal ball. This is all guessing in the future. We don't know. We don't know if these figures will be worth a green card Hasbro or whatever when we get older, you know, when we're sitting on our couches being like, it's time to sell the collection. <laughs> we need, yeah, right. We live in California. We need money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But I would be highly doubtful of that ever hitting the green card values, but it's going to be interesting to see. Right. And there's so many players right now. That's where it gets sketchy too. Are people going to want to divert their funds that would otherwise go to say boss fight or super seven or Mattel or Jazzwares or micro brawlers or FTC? Are they going to want to divert those funds over to Hasbro style figures? I, I don't know. It's all a wait and see. This is all brand new. I'm wondering if these are all going to start to hit at the same time because they all seem to be at the same phase of manufacturing. So it's a wait and see for me. Like, ask me again in a year or let's play this game in a year and see where we're at because more of these things will be in production and or in our hands already. And if they're good, I don't think there's going to be an issue with the secondary market. I think the value is going to be there. If the the quality is not there, I think that'll directly reflect on the value on the secondary market too. My next question, do you think people are going to get burnt out? On the Hasbro style figures or on wrestling figures in general? Wrestling figures in general. Well, that's that's definitely the risk, right? Oversaturation? Yep. Um, It could happen. It could happen. You could see a lot of people start to fall off, especially given now that there are, and we've talked about it on so many shows, and I always say it, there's dollar signs hanging on those figures at your local retail. People now see the value of these things and they're buying them up to sell them on the secondary market. And as a collector, you're left with competing with them, which, okay, more power to us, right? It's the thrill of the hunt. Or shopping online for them, which removes the thrill of the hunt. Unless you're talking about a fan takeover series on Amazon. But we'll get to that later. So it's going to depend on the person. You know, if, if you've got it in you to keep competing for these Mattels and these Jazzwares figures, then yeah, of course you're going to stay in the game. And that might actually be part of the reason you stay. You know, hyper-competitive, I'm going to get these things before the scalper gets them. Mm-hmm. Or if you are a scalper, I'm going to get these things before the collectors do. And then I'm going to jack up the price three times what they're worth and resell them. So there's that competitive side of it. But if you're not competitive, you're kind of relegated to shopping online only which is not very exciting, except in rare cases. So there could be people that fall off, dude. That could absolutely happen. There could be people that fall off because they got into this to buy their older figures, i.e. Remco, LJN, Hasbro, Galoob. But that market has blown up so much that they're priced out of it mm-hmm. that they've already lost interest and they don't want to be in the in the hobby anymore. So yeah, you definitely run that risk. And oversaturation is the biggest part of it. The other part is the dollar signs that are hanging on these figures now. Yep. Makes it way harder for us guys that go into the store to buy them. Makes it way harder to find them. Then you're stuck to secondary market or looking on Amazon, ringside, whoever it might be. 
You guys know where to find us. Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable. Instagram, Fully Opposable, WFP. You can get any of our shirts from Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. Check out FullyOpposablePodcast.com for all of Corey Human's writings. He has another one coming up. Hopefully soon that will be up. You can also check out our previous shows, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes, and you can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to FullyPosableWFP at gmail.com. You sounded like that Micro Machines guy. Dude. That was impressive. Thank you. Huh. What is in that strawberry kiss thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so review time. Dude, it tastes like a candy. There's there's a candy that I, rec- I, I, I just can't recognize right now. Is it that hard candy that comes in the strawberry looking wrapper? That's kind of got that little jelly in the middle of it. I have no idea what that is. Yes, you do. You've had it before. It's a hard candy and it's got like kind of a gel center Uh, and it comes in a strawberry looking uh, cellophane wrapper. You said hard, but. (laughs) Oh, that's how this episode is going to be. Okay. Gotcha. What is in that strawberry kiss? No, I really can't put my finger on it. There's a certain initial taste. Starburst. No, it's not Starburst. Skittles. No, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm keep thinking the uh, Valentine's Day candy, the hearts ones that have the, Ew. those are delicious, dude. I used to love those. Ew, aren't those made of plaster? Yeah, something like that. Whatever. Or chalk. Yeah, give me all the chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> it's it tastes like strawberry shortcake smelled. Uh, do I have to get Celeste in here for this one? You might. You might. This is kind of our go-to for. Because she she fixed you on the grape one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purple kitties. All right, I need filler. Celeste. She's taking her sweet time. Is she taking a dump? She's she's taking longer to get to the ring than Iron Sheik did at WrestleMania 17. <laughs> Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> That's filler right there, folks. <laughs> Tell her to pinch off. This is not going well. This is not a good way to do this. Celeste. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> did you hear that? She heard the way she talked. <laughs> you got lip. Oh, here, try this real quick. Oh, you got your tifus in. Ah, uh, she she just got Invisalign, so she um she can't have anything else other than water. So that just that may be edited out. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Or we just leave it in. Give it to the cat. Have the cat try it. Oh, next time I see, I've got to drop. Uh, dude, I have such a huge box for you. <laughs> yeah that's how this show's going uh, dude it's, it's not the first time i've heard that line <laughs> but literally dude i have so many toys over to my left and i keep looking at them I'm like i've got to just drive up to tracy and drop these off to you um or i can meet you halfway because i've got something for you to give to mom too i've got a computer for her so that might work out maybe this weekend uh let's make that happen okay cool yeah. I, I have your information uh, yeah yeah um I'll give you my number after the show. Okay, that sounds good. Scott, did you do any toy spotting? Yes. So last week, Jeff, I vented on Amazon for the fan takeover that I had actually missed out twice on. And I was determined to not let it happen a third time. So let me tell you, when I was checking Amazon every half an hour, I was literally checking Amazon every half hour. Finally, it showed up, add to cart. I dropped it into my cart and immediately texted you, Big Dave, and I want to say it was Tim, and was like, guys, you've got to get on the Ricky. He's finally in stock. Pick him up. And you all did. It made me super happy. I think that was last Friday night. Or maybe it was Thursday after we had recorded. I can't remember which. But anyway, 
Got the Ricky Steamboat fan takeover, so I'm super pumped about that. Before you go any further, two people reached out and we're going to send you the Ricky because they had extra. And I want to thank Emin Cantos at ER0CZ. I want to thank you. He actually reached out. And he's like, I've got one cost plus shipping for Scott. Oh, that's hella nice, dude. Thank you so much. And also at Picket, Sean, uh, Sean offered it up as well. He had one that was cost plus shipping for you. Oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for reaching out. And honestly, if I hadn't found them, I'd definitely be using you guys. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, while I'm in the DMs, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Oh, please do. I love that. God, what is in the strawberry kiss? I've got a bunch of energy right now. (laughs) Caffeine and vitamin B, I think. Oh, something like that. Um, Nate, ring skirts. He actually followed up regarding the ultimate warrior that we were talking about that was part of the two-pack with Hogan and Warrior? Yes, thank you, because we had a question about if he was battle-damaged or not. Correct. He said, so the classic superstars Hogan and Warrior were different. The Hogan had a new head scan and had some smudge on his chest from Warrior's face paint. Okay. The Warrior had kind of damaged paint as if it rubbed off throughout the match. Got it. Okay, thank you, Nate. Thank you very much. Jeff and I didn't have that one in our collection, so I appreciate the feedback on that. So there you go, a different warrior. But still, if they are going to do a battle damage warrior, that's been done too. Correct. According to Nate, it's already been done in the Jack's Classic Superstar. So, ugh. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Emin. Yes. Thank you guys very much. And next, Jeff, Tim at a chair shot on Twitter, and we'll get to him in roll call. He picked me up a May Young figure, the May Young Elite. Much, much appreciated. I went on to eBay, Jeff, and decided that I was not going to buy the four WrestleMania 37 Elites because really the only one of the four I really, really wanted was the HBK. So I decided to just buy the Ellering, build a figure, and I got him for like 40 bucks. Okay, now my next question, did you get the Shawn Michaels? No, I'm going to pass. And the reason being is he's a little bit past the era of figures I want to display. That HBK is like 93, 92, 93. It's 93, dude. Yeah, and that's a little bit past the era I want to have displayed. Mine is going to cap at like 89, 90. Like even Undertaker would be a little bit past what I want to be displaying. So I passed on the HBK entirely and I just picked up the Ellering Build-A-Figure. All the parts are there. The extra head, Rocco is there. So (laughs) got the Ellering Build-A-Figure. Super happy about that. But you can't display Rocco now. Because he's 90, 92. Well, you know, I could put him under Animal's foot. I could, like, Animal, like, standing on him. Because realistically, though, that LOD wouldn't fit in either. But they're still getting displayed. Okay. All right. I see what so, you're doing. So, in my book, it's a pass. All right. I will accept it. <laughs> and last, Deep Discount let me down. They canceled my Davy Boy Smith. Here's where it gets really weird. I was at a store with the wife, and you texted me and said... Do you need a Davy Boy Smith figure? And I responded with, No, I'm good. I have him through deep discount, but put one aside for me just in case. Dude, three hours after you sent me that text message, I got an email from de- from a deep discount canceling the Davy Boy Smith because they basically ran out of stock. Yeah, um, so I purchased three of them. I don't know why I purchased three of them, but three of them showed up on my doorstep. which is kind of funny. So I don't know. (laughs) Hey, it worked out for me. It worked out perfect for you, dude. So now I have one to open, one to keep on in package and one. 
I don't know if I, I may do a head swap and try to do, I don't know. Imagine ever busting a head off of a figure or anything like that. That just doesn't work for me. Can I make a recommendation? Yes, please. Purchase a Warsman head. Okay. The custom dynamite. Right. And I'll tell you why, because Nate sent me a picture of his custom dynamite kid. Looks great. Outstanding. Since the Warsman heads are unpainted, maybe hit up Jason Wolf because he's a man with great artistic skills, specifically painting Warsman heads. He's been posting pictures on his social media of his painted Warsman heads. They're outstanding. So maybe hit him up, send him a Davy Boy Smith, send him a Warsman head unpainted, pay him some money, and you'll get back a dynamite kid to put next to your British Bulldog or your Davy Boy Smith, excuse me. That's actually not a bad idea right there. Yeah. Jason Wolf, he's the man. So that would be my recommendation. And Jeff, that rounds out my toy spotting. So I got to tell you a funny story, dude. I see that the numbers for AEW Series 3 jumped at our local Walmart, the dangerous one. Okay. The one off of Davis Street. Which has already paid off for you. Uh, yes, exactly. So I saw the numbers jump and it jumped late Monday night. So I knew I was going to work on Tuesday and Wednesday. Was I had to be in the office Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh-huh. So Tuesday morning, I jump in the line, right? I jump in the line at 6.50 because they don't open up the doors till 7 a.m. Okay, so you're there 10 minutes early. So I'm third in line. I've got two people in front of me. I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, mouth breathing neck beards? Or... No, no. Okay, good start. Good start. They open up the doors. We start walking. One of the gentlemen peel off to go uh, grab food because the food is over to the left when you first walk in. Wait. What? Who's standing in line 10 minutes before Walmart opens to go get food? Well, maybe he's grabbing a lunch for work or something like that. He needs to get a hobby like wrestling figures or something. Right? Way more interesting than going to get food at Walmart before they open. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. But the second gentleman starts walking towards the back, and I'm like... Are you thinking running bulldog? I'm I'm thinking running trip go. (laughs) Yes. There you go. Sweep the leg, Jeffrey. So... Um, we're walking to the back because it's a long walk to the back. And then the toys are, you peel off to the right, go about three aisles down and the wrestling figures are right there. So, you know, you have competition. Are you doing the fast walk at this point? Yes, we are. So as I start to speed up, he starts to speed up. Uh Uh-huh. I see where this is going. So we come around the corner. I kind of veer over to where you would make the left onto the aisle where the wrestling figures are at. I go down. I see the wrestling figures. He cuts right in front of me. And I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. But he continues walking to the next aisle and goes straight for the matchboxes. Oh, perfect. So Uh, he thought you were after Hot Wheels. He was going to pull some shady business. Yep, exactly. So we're like, all right, cool. You know, hands off the merchandise, you know. Yeah, okay. We're not going to kill each other. That's good. So I look and there's nothing. They actually had a Mae Young. But I was like, oh, Scott already got it from Tim. So I didn't think anything of it. Gotcha. So the guy comes back around. Now he has a cart. I don't know where he got the cart from, but whatever. He okay. has a bunch of matchboxes in there. I guess matchboxes are a hot commodity right now. How? It's always been Hot Wheels. When did Matchbox go off? Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. It's Hot Wheels, not Matchbox. My apologies. Okay, so he's after Hot Wheels. Gotcha. So he comes around, and now he has a cart, Hot Wheels, in the uh, cart. And then okay. He, and then he goes right over to the Marvel Legends. The Marvel Legends were stacked. And I was like, oh, crap. He's going to probably grab quite a few. And sure enough, he did. He grabbed like two or three. Okay. So I'm like, all right, well, time to go to work. 
So I'm checking throughout the day. Sure enough, the number hasn't dropped. So they were in the back somewhere. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. So Wednesday comes around and I'm like, okay, the number hasn't dropped because I was checking throughout the night on Tuesday night. I'm like, number hasn't dropped. I'm going to try again tomorrow morning. I get in the line. I'm second in line, right? Did that same dude show up? No. There's a dude in front of me and he's talking to me. He's, pretty, he's a cool dude. We're walking to the back. Now I notice that there is a shorter gentleman that is now walking faster past me. Uh-uh. Nope. So nope, the guy he's breaking in, rules and he knows what he's doing. So the guy in front of me is walking kind of quick to the back in the same toy area. I'm behind him. This guy cuts through uh, a little jog through the clothing area, the women's clothing area. We come around the corner. The guy that was first in line went straight for the G.I. Joes. He was looking for classifieds. Uh, classifieds or the retros? The classifieds, G.I. Joe classifieds. Oh, okay. So he's looking for Zartan and the infantry trooper. Got it. Correct. The guy that had cut through the women's clothing area went straight for Hot Wheels. Oh. <laughs> so back-to-back morning, somebody's going straight for Hot Wheels, dude. I'm like, what is going on with these Hot Wheel figures? Well, no, that works out too that you're not all going for the same thing because that makes things really uncomfortable. Correct. You're like, am I going to have to choke a bitch? Like, <laughs> is this how I start my day? So... The uh, the guy that I was talking to, I was like, uh, you looking for classifieds? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I, I'm not having any luck. And I was like, have you tried- Tell him to try Walgreens. I did. I was like, have you tried Walgreens? Perfect. He goes, dude, my brother has been telling me to go to Walgreens because he found a couple there. I was like, oh, yeah. I said, they've been hitting at Walgreens. So anyways, by the way, the May Young was gone. So, But I thought it was funny. Both mornings, somebody was going for the Hot Wheels. I just, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it, it became a chase. Yeah, dude, Hot Wheels are tried and true. Hot Wheels were hot when we were hunting starting lineup figures and wrestling figures back in the day. Correct. Like, as long as we've been going to Toys R Us collecting toys, Hot Wheels have been the thing. Whether it be treasure hunts or red lines or whatever it might be, Hot Wheels are tried and true. So, uh, what's the status on AEW now? Did the number eventually drop and they're gone? No, the number's still at 6+. plus. What the hell? It hasn't dropped. That is so weird. Have you asked anybody? No, I can never find anybody. It's like they all scatter as soon as 7 o'clock. It's like the minute they open the doors, everybody scatters. Interesting. Yeah, you might need to go in there and like, man, I don't know, go to the the electronics department and ask if there's somebody that can help you in toys to go look in the back. Possibly. I'm thinking right now, is it's been three days as of today, and I'm thinking that numerous people have asked about them. Yeah. So, uh, for sure. Norm found them at Fremont, uh, Walmart. He, okay. He did find Series 3, so he did pick all of them up. Dude, I'm debating if I even want Rio. You know, that's one of those. <laughs> did Norm find any of the chase? No, he didn't. He just found no chase. No chases. Okay. That was the toy spotting. I had to tell that story because I just thought it was funny. Somebody went to the Hot Wheels both mornings. Well, it's really nice when you go in and you're all looking for different stuff. It's when you're looking for the same stuff and then you have that dude that wants to run through and create a shortcut and cut in front of people that he knows are first. Yeah. That's when hands get thrown. (laughs) That is true. Scott, we do have a lot of news. So what do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, what you got for other toy news? Just one quick note, Jeff. Super 7 put out a teaser that coming this fall is something Cliff Burton related. 
Oh, what? Yes. I don't know what it is, if it's going to be a reaction figure, an ultimate. I don't know yet. Or if it's going to be clothing, like apparel or or drinkware, which they also do. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be something Cliff Burton related. I hope it's an ultimate. That would be incredible. If they could do the rest of the members of Metallica from the Master of Puppets era, that would be awesome. But something Cliff Burton from Super 7 is coming this fall. The greatest bassist of all time. Dude. Don't and, right? and don't at me. It's not even up for debate. No, you can't at. No, absolutely not. No, no I, the greatest ever. No, the dude from Primus is good. I agree. The, I, yeah. he, he is terrific. He is really good. Jason Newstead was fantastic. Agree. Great replacement for Burton. But nobody tops Burton. So don't even at me. It's not even worth taking the time to send a tweet. I will not even read it. I will not even listen to it because it's not even a, a factual statement. Bass solo. Take one. <laughs> Metallica fans know what I'm talking about. Can't even argue about Burton being the greatest. Absolutely. Scott, Boss Fight, their Penta and Phoenix figures are shipping soon. Right now, they are on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> and they're on a boat. <laughs> they are coming soon to our doorsteps. I cannot wait. We're going to be getting those. We're going to be getting the New Japan figures. Uh, the excitement is there for these, and I can't wait for these. Eric has really been teasing us with those pictures of Penta and Phoenix in a ring with the accessory packs. Oh, dude, they look so good. The accessories themselves were getting that dog collar chain match accessory, which I'm almost ashamed to say I might be more excited for that because nobody has done that one before. I think it's incredible that they did it along with the amazing looking Phoenix and Penta figures. Cannot wait to get those from Boss Fight. Micro Brawlers, Pro Wrestling Tees, Macho Man, Cody Rhodes, Macho Man, Cody Rhodes, <laughs> Macho Man, Cody Rhodes. I'm just joking. Okay, so they showed off their Series 1 of AEW. It's going to be Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, Chris Jericho, Britt Baker, the late, great Brody Lee, Sheeta, and moxley this will be their first series of aew their pre-orders are up for a week most of you have already seen that but we just want to put that into our news so if you guys are on the fence about them bring up a picture i'll post it and when we drop our show you guys can check it out see what you think and if you want them like if you just want one of them it's going to be 22 bucks which is a killer but i wanted the brody so i'd i went ahead and just paid the 22 for it Wait, no Cody Rhodes in Series 1? No, what's that like? No Macho Man in Series 1? <laughs> no, I was joking about that. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> so that is Micro Brawler's AEW first one. $17.99 plus $5 shipping. So More wallet heat, guys. Sorry. WWE, they showed off a bunch of new figures that are going to be coming out on WWE.com this past Saturday. Basic 118 variant will be Austin Theory in red gear. We're not going to go into all the basics, but Austin Theory in red gear will be basic 118's variant. Jeff, that's a hell of a figure for a basic. I love the face scan on it. I thought they did a fantastic job on the face scan. Agree. Kudos Mattel, man. To throw it out on a basic like that, well done. That really, really is a good Austin Theory figure. Elite 85, Bray Wyatt with Huskus the Pig. And, of course, all these have extra hands, as everyone knows. Karrion Cross will have a long black soft goods jacket with him. 
Alistair Black will have the black jacket. What show was that from? Was that from Mania, Scott? I believe that was WrestleMania, the one with the big horns coming up off the shoulders. Yes, thank you. It's pretty badass. Liv Morgan, she will be in black gear with a white robe. Very good Liv Morgan figure. Yeah, outstanding. Mattel killed it on that one. So far, all of these figures, the Bray Wyatt's okay, but the ones that you've mentioned previously, the Carrying Cross, the Alistair, the Liv, all fantastic. Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, is the Walmart exclusive with gold chains. I love that figure, dude. It's good. It is good. Undertaker, he will be from the Boneyard match at WrestleMania 36. He'll have a shovel, bandana, the face scan on it's terrific. Yes, very good Undertaker figure. Becky Lynch will be coming with the Raw Women's title and the Money in the Bank briefcase. Ultimate Edition Series 8. Randy Savage will have a white soft goods robe, two heads, one smiling, one serious expression, green hat, and sunglasses. Kind of looks like the Hasbro figure. Very similar. The trunks are a little bit different from the Hasbro figure, but love it, need it, can't wait to have it. Tights, dude. Ah, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> Last week, I thought you were learning. Uh, sometimes I don't even listen to myself. Regression is fun. Edge, we've all seen the uh, two heads, one smiling and the other. I don't even know how to explain. Screaming. Is that what it is? Looks like, Doc, looks like Doc Brown from Back to the Future where he's like got that screaming face, you know? 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> Black jacket. And he will have extra arms to go with the jacket. Now we're going to jump over to Elite 2-Pack. Jeff Hardy and Triple H Elite. Jeff will come with two shirts, one of the mesh, and the other will be the Hardy Boys basketball jersey. The IC belt from about 1998 to, when did they switch it back over, 2010? Oh, good question. Yeah, I think. I think Cody switched over around then. I think you're right. 2011? Anyways. Yeah, sounds right. So it'll be that era IC title comes in packaging that has SmackDown in the back. It is from their April 12th, 2001 IC title match on SmackDown where Jeff Hardy won. I think the really cool part about this is, well, number one, a great moment, but I love that they got Hardy from his WrestleMania 17 match too. Yes, actually, that's a very good point. Yeah, because that was the shirt that he wore in that triple or in the TLC match. So yeah, it's a really, really solid Hardy figure, a great Triple H Great two-pack from top to bottom. It's awesome. Fan Takeover Series 2 will be Amazon exclusive. Johnny Gargano, Wolverine gear. Uh, NXT, it's from his NXT Toronto show. I thought that was kind of cool, dude, that they went with the Wolverine gear. Now, they did do some things different. That, they had to, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But looks really, really good. Christian World Title hit the Switch shirt. X-Pac Kane mask and NWO shirt. That's a pretty cool X-Pac, dude. Dude, the cane mask that comes with it is fantastic. Very cool. And Randy Orton, legend killer look. Icy title and blue trunks. See, I got it right there. God. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very I good. Thank you. I appreciate that. On to ringside exclusive John Cena in NWO gear, NWO hat, NWO belt, NWO shirt. And he does come with the two sweet hands. The packaging is fantastic. I love it, Scott. I know you weren't a fan. Well, it's not that I wasn't a fan, but I saw it and I was like, okay, that's cool. It's from the Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania last year. But for me, it's a pass because at the end of the day, it's another Cena figure. And 
the match wasn't a barn burner. I thought it was cool, but I wasn't clamoring for that Cena figure from it. So for me, personally, it's a pass. I saw a lot of love for it online. If you loved the match, or in particular, you needed a Cena in NWO gear, there you go. That's right up your alley. The packaging is great. I do like the packaging a lot, but for me, it's a pass. Per Steve Ozer, Fan Takeover has completely moved to its new home at Amazon. Wave 2 of the Elites will be available this spring, followed by the Ultimates late summer. Also from Steve Ozer, double-jointed elbows are coming to Elites. We will be slowly transitioning to pinless double-jointed elbows over the next year or so, starting with Becky and Bray in Elite 85. So what does that mean for Mint on Card, people? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're quoting Spateballs again. <laughs> Which is what you're about to become. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you realize a second week in a row is Spaceballs, dude. So I got a text message from Sith Lord Sammy, Sammy Evans, and he says, I love the Encino Man reference where you said Weezing the Juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great movie, dude. Highly underrated. Oh, extremely underrated. Fantastic movie. It's one of my favorites. I can watch that from any point. I don't care what point I turn the movie on. I have to watch the whole thing. It's so good. Okay, now we're jumping over to Zombie Sailor Toys. We talked about him earlier. The big announcement this week is Dino Bravo. It is Dino Bravo's first figure. Uh, the Ron Rudout sketch went up this past week. Uh, no color to it. It's just the sketch. So, so far, he's had Sabu. I'm not going to be able to remember everyone. It's Sabu, Danhausen. Bruiser Brody, uh, they're teasing Rock and Roll Express, so Zombie Sailor Toys is all in on this. Yeah, I'm interested to see about the ordering process. Remember, we talked supply and demand earlier. I'm really curious to see how they play this one. And Scott, the biggest news this past week, Chella Toys has signed the Dynamite Kid for a Hasbro-style figure. He'll be in the Macho Man Series 1 post, so the double arms go up. He will have Union Jack white tights. According to the concept design, there will be a Union Jack on the wrist tape, and he will have the Union Jack flag on the derriere. Exciting news right there. Uh, I would say must purchase, because now, given that he's in the white tights, you can put him next to your British Bulldog, Hasbro, and you have the Jack's Classic Superstars 2-pack British Bulldogs. Okay, but the hair, it's in a bug me. That wasn't Davy Boy when they were teaming. I know. That's what I'm saying. It'll give you the Jax Classic Superstars 2-pack British Bulldogs. Okay. It, I see what you're saying. The technicality. I see what yes. you're saying. It's not accurate, but it'll do. Now, we're going to stick with Dynamite Kid because Junk Shop Dog also struck a deal with Tom Billington's family as well to make, well, Dynamite Kid in their Popey style figures. I actually just got the Bruiser Brody Popey style figure, Scott. It's pretty cool. It's, Is uh, it? You're not opening it though, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Trick question. But Dynamite Kid is coming in two different lines, Cello Toys and Junk Shop Dog. Exciting, exciting times, Scott. I'm very stoked about this. Could there be others that we haven't had figures of in forever? Because you got to remember, Dynamite hasn't had a figure since Jax in the late 2000s. So are there other names coming up? Stay tuned. And Scott, to end out the news, WWE plus Garbage Pail plus 
loyal subjects are coming soon so far we have seen macho man andre and ultimate warrior it's pretty cool they've got these uh poofy faces like you would see on garbage pail kids okay so they've mashed up wwe legends and garbage pail kids correct okay it's pretty cool actually i actually really like them um Am I going to get them? I don't know, dude. This There's so much out there right now. It's just hard to keep up with it all. How As, do you divert funds? That's what I'm saying. Like our conversation earlier. I don't you know. You know, all these things coming up like these, like these dynamite kid figures, like the zombie sailor toys Hasbro's. Like how do you pull funds away from your Mattel? Or are you one of the ones that's going to go out and get a second or a third job just to afford wrestling figures? Because my friends, the wallet heat, it's coming. And it's coming up fast. 2021 is not going to be kind. Scott, that rounds out the news. We've got a little bit of listener to jump into. What do you say we jump into it? Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen. Scott, our question last week from Miss Erin Quinn actually garnered a lot of talk. But you actually had a few more to throw in there. Well, actually, just one more. You had a few more. <laughs> no, it was really just one, dude. Well, no, because you sent over Berserker. You I sent... sent over Berserker? No, you didn't. But these are the ones that I thought of. Oh, <laughs> Stop messing with me. I'm very old. I lose track of things, like my mind. Coco Beware is another. Okay. Okay, now who did you say? Well, you got to have matches. Okay, Berserker versus Coco Beware. <laughs> oh, you're so creative. I've got Skinner versus Steve Kern. The Fabulous Ones never held the AWA tag team titles. Correct, correct. I thought you had one more. Well, we realized that uh, the Twin Towers, Series 1 Hasbro, they never held titles. But I don't know who to pit them against. Because, like, everybody that was made held major championships almost. Okay, so Twin Towers take on... Okay, against the Long Riders. There it is. Long Riders versus Twin Towers. Ooh, good, great call. Mediocre tape. <laughs> not super tape mediocre tape <laughs> thank you again Aaron that was a lot of fun it's funny getting a text message from Scott the next day regarding it that was great yeah it literally came to me the night of the show but it was too late to text you and I was like <laughs> I'm gonna hit Jeff with it tomorrow morning <laughs> <laughs> Scott our first question comes in from Joe just a quick question if you followed my Twitter you've heard about my frustrations trying to find WWE Motu Wave 6 recently the thing I noticed this time was there seemed to be more people reselling them in various groups for retail or even 5 to $10 more. It felt like after having to contend with scalpers now, I'm completing with these quote-unquote micro scalpers that sometimes seem to think they are doing me a favor by buying all the toys at the local Walmart then reselling them at little to no profit when in, in turn... They are actually taking figures off the pegs, then shipping them off to other provinces of or the U.S. while local collectors are missing out. Walmarts are in some pretty central locations and easy to access, unlike having to travel to person's house. Not even to mention, I know it's 2021, but some people don't have PayPal, e-transfer, etc. and would rather buy their figures with cash at a store if possible. I understand being at a store, sending out a text saying, I'll be in there for a while if someone needs these, but cleaning out shelves of all the good toys, not knowing if anyone wants them is just frustrating. Have you noticed these practices in any groups you frequent? 
And what are your thoughts on this? Well, as long as it's cost plus shipping, that kind of falls under the guidelines of the fig life, right? But the other option you have is if you don't want to use PayPal, Venmo, what have you, meet up with them at a Starbucks. If you're local, if they're grabbing them from stores that are right around you and you see in groups that they're posting on that they're selling them at cost plus shipping, see if they'll meet you somewhere and do the transaction that way. Yeah, but that kind of sucks, though. I mean, like now you've got to go to a Starbucks to pick up the figure. And granted, you now have to make an extra trip just to pick this up instead of just walking into a Walmart, just walking up to the register, paying, and now you get to go home. You've got to now make trips to meet up with people at Starbucks that are, as Joe said, cleaning out the pegs. That's kind of infuriating. I can understand his point. Oh, no, no, I can too, for sure. But at the same time, from the perspective of the person that's buying all of them to sell at cost plus shipping, they're just trying to help people out. You know, they're not looking at screwing the guy coming in after them because for all they know, the guy coming in after them is going to pick up all the rest of what they don't pick up and sell it for two, three, four times what they bought it for. So what's the saying? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. I think that's maybe what this scenario is. They go in with the best intentions to help people out. But if you're local to the people that are doing this, it wouldn't hurt to try to find you know, now you've got a friend and you mentioned text messages, you know, you get on a first name basis with this person. Now they're texting you saying, Hey, I found X meet me here and we can do the deal, you know, or if you see him post in a group, hit him up and say, Hey, can I meet you at the Starbucks on the corner of whatever, or the gas station, whatever, what have you. And we'll do the deal there and you can do cash that way. Okay. I see what you're saying. Very good point. Um, I do see Joe's side of it. Very frustrating. Cause what if somebody sends out a text, Hey, I'm here for a while. Then they don't pick up anything and they just grab their figures and leave. But then Joe walks in and is able to grab those figures. That person before him didn't wipe out the pegs. I just kind of see Joe's point, but I also see your side of things too. Well, I guess there's the happy medium of grab half, right? If you see four complete sets on the pegs, take two of them, keep one for yourself, sell the other one and leave the other two sets for whoever comes in behind you. But the risk is it's going to be a scalper that comes in behind you selling two to three times what they paid for it. So it's, again, it's the best intentions, but I can see his point where it does kind of screw over, screw over local collectors. Thank you, Joe. I hope we answered. Sorry about what's going on up there, man. I do. It sucks, but at the same time, at least it's not too high of cost. It's, yeah, essentially you're on the hook for shipping. But if you can find somebody local, definitely find that meetup spot. Thank you again, Joe. Scott, next question comes in from GBM. As sports fans in general, what do you guys think about the current sports cards craze? What do you think about what blaster boxes and even Pokemon cards are reselling for and 15 plus people in lines at stores waiting on vendors? I'll be perfectly honest. I got out of cards entirely probably around 99. I was big, or you and I both, Jeff, were big into baseball cards in the 80s and 90s. I got big into football and hockey in the mid-90s into the late 90s. Right around 99 is when I stopped. And a lot of that I can thank Don West for. (laughs) We would watch the Shop at Home Network at 1 a.m. eating a huge amount of Taco Bell And jumping on the phone to order from Shop at Home because Don West was screaming in my face that I had to have this box (laughs) of cards. 
And then all the other stuff they threw in with it. Die ended up with like a Mike Schmidt baseball cap. Uh, uh, Mike Ditka foot, autograph football or something. They've all been since sold. But I really got out of cards in the late 90s. And I never looked back. I, I just lost interest. I was sinking a ton of money into it. In my garage, there is a dresser. And in that dresser, five drawers, all filled with cards. Baseball, hockey, football, some basketball, you name it. It's out there. Autographs, chases, refractors, all sorts of cards from the 80s and 90s. But I totally lost interest in it. I just lost the passion for the hobby. Probably because I was getting more into toys. In the 90s, I was more able to do toys and cards. Then when life kind of took over, kids, house, now you got a mortgage, now you got a wife. All of that changed, and I had to really scale back, and sports cards were part of that scale back. I like watching sometimes when people do unboxings. It's really cool to see him pull a rare card. Rant with Ant, for example, he was doing unboxings of cards for a while. It's cool, but much like Funkos, in fact, Travis Fowler the other day sent us a, um, a picture of a box of cards he was about to break open. And you kind of get that feeling like, oh, dude, like I kind of want to go get one and just see what's in it. But then that's where the slippery slope is, right? You buy one, you're going to end up collecting for the next five years. But I got to buy wrestling figures. You know what I mean? So I don't really have the budget for it. But every once in a while, I'll kind of peek through, look at cool cards. I'll find myself on eBay every now and then looking at autograph cards or jersey patch cards. Those are incredible. I had some really, really good luck over the years, Jeff. But then again, I remember buying a box of Upper Deck 1989 baseball, looking for that elusive Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. <laughs> Paid, I think, $85 for the box, which at the time was unheard of. Came up dry. Then, a box of 89 Fleer, looking for the elusive Billy Ripken F-Face card, <laughs> or any of the variants that they put out trying to cover that thing up. An entire box of wax packs. Nothing. Billy Ripken was a common, got no Billy Ripkins, but yeah, it was just, it got kind of frustrating after a while too, but we did have some epic pulls, but it was just one of those things budget took over and I couldn't afford to stay in the hobby, but it is kind of fun to look at what comes out. There are some incredible cards that have been released that go for a ton of money. The rocks rookie card, his Miami football card, dude, most recently sold for like 45 or $46,000. People were buying the just toys, Bendem rock figure for the card on it. Because it was like his rookie wrestling card or something. So it, it, it's insane, the hobby. And it's been kind of interesting to watch the ebbs and flows of it as well. So it, it's cool to keep tabs on, but I'm, I can't get involved. Like I said, it's a slippery slope. And it'll pull me right back in. And it gets really addicting. And like I said, I got wrestling figures to buy. It, it's interesting to see if these cards that people are getting today are going to be worth something later on down the road. Because... We've gone through this before, back in the 80s, of right. what cards were. I mean, cards were a hotbed in the 80s. We can't even describe what it was like. Cards were insane. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, that market just crashed. There the, is, the bottom literally fell out. You're right. Uh, uh, right, dude. And, I, like, for example, I was cleaning out some cards over here. I had to clean out a closet. I had to remove all the cards that I have over here. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much these Donruss are. A box, yeah. a box of the Donruss was like eight bucks, nine bucks. For a whole box. For a whole box. Now we have a case. There's a case out in the garage 
full of Donruss cards, boxes of Donruss cards. And they're not even cracked open, but the case itself is like 40 bucks, 30 something bucks. If I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So my question is, is, is this bottom going to fall out as well? And now what GBM is talking about is Norm texted us the other day. We're on a kind of a group chat, just Norm, GBM, and myself. And Norm walked in and these gentlemen that are businessmen were hanging out by the cards with their laptops out working, waiting for people to bring out boxes of cards. You're kidding. So Norm kind of kind of snuck in a little bit and he's like, hey, what cards are you guys waiting for? They said they were waiting for Pokemon cards. I, I've got no words, dude. <laughs> There's nothing to say. It's like... I, I guess it's no different than some, them looking at us and going, man, these guys are waiting for G.I. Joe figures. Hey, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's why you can't say anything about somebody else's hobby, right? Because it's always our mantra of to each their own. Yeah, exactly. But I just couldn't believe it that these guys that are businessmen were on their laptops working from a target waiting for cards to come out. Actually, well, there's money to be made, right? I take that back. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could work and uh, wait for Target to bring out wrestling figures, you know? Yeah, that is literally living your best life. <laughs> but you're right. We did see the bottom literally fall out of the sports card market in like the early to mid-90s. And it's still there now. A lot of those cards that we bought, you mentioned Donruss, Jeff. Like if I ever run out of toilet paper, I'm going to go grab that complete set of 88 Donruss sitting in the garage and boom, toilet paper's back in the house. Cause it ain't worth nothing. So may as well use that. There's actually a movie on, or it's a documentary. Let me rephrase. It's a documentary on Netflix and it was done by a gentleman named Stu Stone. And I know Colt Cabana's worked with him a few times, but anyway, Stu Stone actually made a documentary about the sports card market of how crazy it was in the eighties. Yeah. And so anyways, he went up and he grabbed all of his old cards and he went to a card show And he kind of was carrying them around and everybody was like, yeah, that box right there unopened is like 15 bucks. Yeah. And it's sad, right? Because when we were kids, oh man, we could have sold it for like 50 bucks. Yeah. And that was in the eighties. It's got to be worth a ton now. Nope. Thank you again, GBM. Scott, next question comes in from Christopher Dean. Hey guys, glad we are getting so many figures with so many companies with lines in the pipeline. But my questions are about WWE. Talking about the Rumble with Scott, I was really invested in the storytelling and the wrestlers, but you watch Raw and SmackDown and the same onus on people isn't the same, and the men and women aren't allowed to show what they can do and are mired in inspired storylines. You worry about relevancy and longevity of some to the point, are there some figures you have more urgency to pick up because you are not sure if they'll get another one, especially if it's an elite? Secondly, is the only solution to WWE storytelling changing Vince, retiring, and Hunter taking over and putting his people into place to maximize the wrestler's talents? Have a good week, and thanks. Well, my mind immediately jumps to my Chris Hero figure that's hanging up on the wall. Or I should say, Cassius Ono. <laughs> yes. Had to jump on him because it was just one of those things. You knew it was a matter of time for him, right? Probably not going to be getting another figure, be it basic or elite. Got to get it now. So yeah, for me, it was Chris Hero for sure. I can't think of anybody, maybe the Viking Raiders. They might be on the chopping block given injury history and one of them just had a baby. So eh, you kind of worry about them a little bit. But man, I I don't know what the solution is. 
I guess we have to remember that WWE is always, first and foremost, an entertainment company. And that includes Raw. That includes SmackDown. SmackDown's definitely been better than Raw. NXT has definitely been better than both. But that's been true for the last six or seven years. So you see what Triple H does with NXT. You've got to think when current creative goes away and Triple H is allowed to take it all over. It's going to go the way of NXT and be really entertaining because they tell really good stories in NXT. Not so much on Raw, better on SmackDown. It's, uh, again, it's a wait and see. Well, You can't really predict it, but the problem is, like I said, it's an entertainment company first. That's why you have people like Bad Bunny and possibly Bow Wow walking in, getting WrestleMania matches. <laughs> Gronk would be an example from last year. Walking in and getting these WrestleMania matches and or moments when there's guys that have been working their asses off on the roster that can't get a WrestleMania spot, even in a battle royal. So it is frustrating, but you take it for what it is. You enjoy shows like the Royal Rumble. I know I enjoyed it. I know Christopher enjoyed it. You take those shows. You enjoy them. Maybe you don't watch Raw. <laughs> you just wait for the pay-per-view, see who's matching up, or just get the results online. Raw ratings are sagging, but I don't know that WWE really cares right now. They're making money hand over fist. They just got the Peacock deal. So I don't know that they care. It's just for us to gripe about. First off, Raw needs to be cut down to two hours. You think so? Yes. Get rid of that third hour. It's, it's dreadful. Give the third hour to SmackDown? No, get rid of the third hour period. Don't oh, so all shows, two hours. All shows, two hours. Okay. But and they have a bloated roster. They do have a bloated roster, but it needs to be cut down. It's just too long. It's so tedious that it's three hours so eliminate the third hour okay also let them go out and cut promos on their own that's where most of the promos back in the day they were so natural i understand that they want to get rid of a lot of the hesitation in people and maybe there's bad promos back in the day but then you don't have the natural austin 316 spitting out the biggest thing that happened, one of the biggest things to happen in that company. So you got to take scripts away. You have okay. to. I don't disagree with that at all. And stop having it be so overproduced. Kick Kevin Dunn out because <laughs> that shaky cam needs to go away. I hate shaky cam. That is, uh, it's, I hate watching the show because it's like the camera shaking up and down as somebody kicks into the corner and stuff like it drives me nuts. And then you have to put up with it for three hours and you're like, oh, son of a bitch. I thought you were going to say blow up Vince's limo for real. <laughs> no, no. I don't wish death upon anybody. Oh, good for you. We'll talk after the show, though. I was going to say, I wish I could say the same, but yeah, let's talk after the show. <laughs> Thank you again, Christopher. Scott, next question comes in from Jonathan Mayer. Hey, Jeff and Scott. Jonathan Mayer here in Illinois. Um, wanted to send in a message to a couple weeks late to tell you guys congratulations on five years. It's, it's really awesome to do anything for five years, you know, especially a, a wrestling figure podcast. And like you like you've said before you you didn't know if you'd if you'd have a couple weeks in you so this is really awesome and it's uh appointment listening every sunday for me so congrats on that um just wanted to chime in with a little AEW figure hunt for you we know that's been a frustrating process this year actually the last message i sent in to you guys is when i was able to find the first series um but i had to go to the back and take them off the pallet myself well I don't think any other AEW figures have ever hit my local Walmart that I know of um, in that time. But I still check Brickseek and a um, couple area, couple stores show it, show they have some. 
and clearly it's wrong because they don't or they're in the back or whatever. My local Walmart was showing that they had some. I went like four times in the last two days and finally saw that mountain of uh, boxes and hunted through and, and was able to find the AEW box and opened it up, uh, stocked the pegs for them. There was no chase. You know, right away I saw the, uh, the Dustin Road, so I knew there wasn't going to be a chase. Uh, I had already picked up MJF from Ringside Collectibles, but, you know, it's still, you always want to find figures. I like to just see figures on the pegs. Sometimes I don't even buy them. I just, you know, it's, it's the thrill of the hunt. But I knew I wanted that Pentagon Jr. because he was really nice looking. So took them all out of the box. For sure, grabbed Pentagon. The Ray Phoenix was like a little bit posed weird in the box. Like it looked weird and I was going to, you know, keep it mint on card. So that helped me decide that I wasn't going to get that Ray Phoenix. Plus it's not a super impressive figure, you know, looking at some of the others. So got Pentagon, picked out Moxley. And I mean, that belt on him, I would pay the $20 just for the belt, maybe. So got him and then pulled out Hangman. And it's like, how do I not buy Hangman's first, first figure? So I buy those three and, and um, chalk that up as a score. One other thing I just wanted to say or ask you guys, I know we've talked about it before on the pod, but thinking back on times where you saw something on the pegs and you didn't know at the time that you, that you needed to, to pursue it further, my little touch with that is, I think it was two years ago, November of 2018, that should line up with the time that that Harley Race series came out that uh, has been so elusive. Well, we were down at Walt Disney World in Florida and went to the Walmart that was, was nearby there and we were in the toy aisle and there were kids looking at the figures with their, with their family. And I saw the Stone Cold and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on the pegs. You know, they were there for a while and, you know, we were on vacation and I didn't realize how sought out these things were going to be. Um, it's very possible that there was a Harley right there that day. But, um, but you'll never know. So, all right, guys, I know I'm kind of... Dragging on long here, but congratulations again. It is five years and 21 days now, Scott. <laughs> yes, and Jonathan, thank you for the kind words. Thank you, Jonathan. It was great meeting you in Chicago, by the way, at StarCast. Nobody knew about that Harley series. Nobody knew what was about to come. You know, nobody knew that that was going to be a u- rare unicorn, just like these Royal Rumble elites. Nobody knew that. Yeah, and that's kind of where all this madness started, right? Was the Harley figure. Harley hysteria. Yeah, Harley hysteria really is what kicked this whole thing off where people started seeing dollar signs on our figures. Congrats on finding Series 2. There's nothing like being able to crack open a case. It was such a great feeling being able to crack open Series 2. Is I know the infuriation of going to Walmart, hoping the figures are out, seeing the 6-plus on Brixie not being out. Then you got to go to work or you got to go home or do family stuff or whatever it may be. I completely understand the frustration behind that, but it's almost like it's worth it when that case is out and poking its head out. Yeah. Like he said, the thrill of a hunt, right? Yep. But going into frustration about leaving something on the pegs, as he mentioned with the elite flashbacks, mine has to be all of those legends figures from Mattel that I saw in the early 2010s and just passing on them. And then seeing what they're going for now. Like with Harley, I, I, I can't regret it because I literally never saw him. But the Legends figures saw a ton of those and passed on them due to budget. And now I'm like, I'm never going to have those figures unless they remake them, which I'm hoping that they do. I will never own those figures. Jonathan, thank you again for your message and congrats on finding AEW Series 2. 
Scott, next question comes in from Justin Summers. Hello, Scott Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my weekly question. Luckily this week, I don't believe I'm going to be getting it in under the wire, but hey, I could be wrong. Anyway, this weekend, or when people are listening to this this past weekend, I'm going to slash went to a big toy show we have around this area called Toy Hio. Runs twice a year, but I actually think this year they're going to be running three shows, which is really, really, really fun. I have a lot of stuff on my list of things that I kind of want to pick up, but sadly I am on a budget, so I might not necessarily go down that route. With the topic of collecting, what's one toy line or one interest that has a toy line that you're happy you have never been interested in or gone down that rabbit hole? I think Pops is going to be an easy answer for some people out there. But I'll say the one thing that I love about the pop figures is depending on the line, you don't have to collect everything you like and you can definitely pick and choose. One of the main lines that I have talked about that I collect of the Funko Pops is Ghostbusters. Absolutely love it. But I can understand why some people don't want to jump down the Funko Pop rabbit hole because it can become fairly addictive. But at the end of the day, that's collecting as a whole. I believe I've said it before, lately, I've been collecting VHS tapes. And when I can go to a Goodwill and pick a VHS up for 50 cents, which I did yesterday and I bought a few that I'd been looking for, but I can go in, buy a lot, and be happy because I'm not going to spend a lot at the same time. And I'm not getting that hunt anymore at Walmart. I mean, not the VHS hunt, but like going out and buying figures because my Walmart a lot of these stores in my area have just been garbage. But the line that I'm really happy, that I'm not a huge fan of, so it makes me not want to go down the rabbit hole because it is the biggest toy line, I believe, in the history of toys. And that's Star Wars. I've openly said, and this might offend some people, I think Star Wars is overrated. Now, that doesn't mean I think it sucks. I think, to me, that just means... The movies were good for their time. I don't think they've necessarily aged 100% well. And the prequels and the later sequels have kind of muddied the water, especially for the legacy that was the original trilogy. But because of all those movies, they have released so many different toy lines and just other things, because you could collect Star Wars forever, quite literally forever, and still not get everything. Going back to Funkos, I think that's one of the worst Funko Pop lines. Not of how good they look, it's just how expensive it can get with how many of those come out. I couldn't be a Star Wars fan and collect Funkos because I would be sweating every time they make announcements of new Pops. I mean, I do that with Ghostbusters, and I have the benefit of there have hasn't been a massive release of a bunch of them in almost two years. It's actually just past the two-year anniversary where I finally pulled the trigger on the Egon Spangler in the Ecto-1 slimed Funko Pop was my holy grail. I just seen this recently on my time hop where I finally bought it from the time that I bought it from the time that I received it. They had announced more. Nothing's worse than completing the collection and then being told, oh no, we're coming out with more and here they are. All right. That will do it for me this week. Thank you for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. And I look forward to hearing my answers off the air. 
after you have your pets spayed or neutered. Later. Yes. Uh, thank you, Justin. Yes. Have your pets spayed and neutered, Scott. Okay. Did you get that out of your system? Are you good now? One more time at the end of the show. Ugh, all right. The one toy line I'm glad I never got into, Power Rangers. Ah, yes. I wasn't into them in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. I found the Toys That Made Us episode very interesting, but I'm glad I never got into those. Yeah, that one, as Justin mentioned, Star Wars. Now, Power Rangers isn't on that level with the amount of merch that they've produced, but there's been a ton. Correct. I'm glad I didn't get into them then. I'm glad I'm not into them now. I think the Hasbro line is just gorgeous. I think they're beautiful, but... Uh, nah, there's no reason for me to get into them. So I think that's one. I never got into Star Wars figures. Scott was more of the Star Wars guy in the family. Yeah, that's right. And dude, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and part of the 2000s. Wait, 90s? I didn't. I thought you packed them away when uh, wrestling figures came in. Power of the Force, dude. When they came back in 95, 96, they were the buff Star Wars guys. Oh, that's right. And they were right. releasing, yes. yeah, all of the original characters were coming back out. Oh, yep. I was fully on board, dude. I was buying all of those. And then the new movies came out, the prequel trilogy. I was buying all those figures, but I didn't, from episode two and episode three, I didn't buy many of those figures at all, if any. But the Phantom Menace, oh, dude. I, I might have, because I don't remember entirely, I might have been at Toys R Us on launch night when they did the Phantom Menace figures. If not, I was at Walmart, like right when they opened the next morning. I do remember those lines of people waiting out when the movies figures would come out too. Just it was midnight release. Everybody had to be there. Yeah. I, I can't recall if I was in line that night, but I was out definitely the next morning scooping up Phantom Menace figures. Everybody had to have Darth Maul. Um, I think one that's been great for me to avoid, it wouldn't necessarily be a slippery slope because my budget wouldn't allow it anyway, but the hot toys sideshow collectibles. Ooh, Yeah. The large-scale, super-articulated, just lifelike figures. I'm yep. really happy that I've avoided those because if you get one, you're going to want 10. Can't buy them all, but, oh, I like this guy, and I like this guy too, and, oh, I've got to have this one. But they've done Batman 66. They've done G.I. Joe. They've done Marvel. They've done DC. Uh, I can throw Storm Collectibles in there too, Jeff. You have the Hogan NWO. Mm-hmm. And, man... Those things are pricey, but I, I just can't warrant spending upwards of two, three, sometimes $400 on those figures, even though I really want to. I'm like, ah, just one Batman. What's that going to hurt? Well, then you're going to want Robin. Can't have Batman without Robin, and you can't buy Snake Eyes without Storm Shadow. That's kind of why I've been staying away from those three zero figures as well, because I don't know who else they're going to come out with. But that for me is one that if I had unlimited funds, I'd jump in the pool but given my current budget, I'm glad I've stayed away from it. Those are basically the toy lines that, well, I mean, we could also say Hot Wheels too. Glad we never got into Hot Wheels, even though they're big. They're insane. Yeah, never got into them. Hope that answers your question, Justin. Thank you for sending in your weekly question. We always, always appreciate it and hope you have fun at Toy Ohio. Say hi to Hova for us. <laughs> oh, oh, Hova's going to that. Yes, and all the Ohio players that are going to be there. Oh, very, very nice. Hopefully they get a big group pick together. Scott, next question comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly submission. This week I wanted to share with you guys a road trip story. 
For my birthday, me and my mom took a road trip to a place called Roadside America. Roadside America was this miniature indoor village display. I found out about it via YouTube and convinced my mom to take me there. Despite seeing videos of it on YouTube, I was blown away when I went inside to see the place. The village was pretty big, had trains, lights, water running through the whole display, plus a waterfall, and you could go up the steps and see the village at a higher height. While sadly the place is closed down, not due to COVID, but due to the owners not finding someone to sell it off to, I'm glad me and my mom were able to visit the place before it closed. Attached to this email is a picture I took while I was there with my mom. Thank you, JT, for sending that in. I'm glad you got to have a great memory with your mom. Uh, to kind of tie it back to food a little bit, there was a restaurant on like the San Leandro Castro Valley border. And Jeff, you'll know it when I say the name of it. Bancheros. Casa Benita. No. Oh. What? No. Oh. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what Casa Benita is? No. Oh, I remember La Imperial. Casa Benita is a horrible Mexican restaurant out in uh, Colorado. They're basically known for their uh, their shows. They're ba- they basically jump jump off cliffs and into water. But the the food is terrible. P- <laughs> people get sick off the food. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Come for the horrible food and diarrhea. Stay for the diving. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yes. So Banchero's was this amazing Italian restaurant on the San Leandro Castro Valley border. And basically, if we had a family gathering that didn't take place at Enrico's and Alameda, which some of you may remember, I mentioned a few shows ago where I met Mark McGuire on my 16th birthday. If we didn't have an event there, the event was at Banchero's. Amazing Italian food. It was like the seven course meal. And I loved it. I miss Banchero's. Unfortunately, they closed. But it's one of those things that I wish I had known they were going to close so that I could have gone there for like one last hurrah or one last meal. And unfortunately, I didn't know that they were closing. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, did you hear Banchero's closed? Oh, crap. Really? And I wish I had had one more chance to go. Another one would be Pizza Joint, Jeff. Oh, I miss that place so much. I do too. And so Pizza Joint was in... I, was that Hayward or San Lorenzo? It was kind of on the border, I guess. Technically, it was Hayward. Okay, so it was on Hesperian Boulevard, right across uh, the street from Caesar's Chicken, where Nathan used to work. So we would go there quite often, and it was usually you'd get together with your buddies. You'd go. They had an organ in there, and the dude, uh, Jerry Nagano, would sit there and play this huge pipe organ. And there were all these triggers on the thing that would have, like, a monkey on a a unicycle on a wire and a train that went around the entire place. There's actually videos on YouTube. You can go type in pizza joint and joint is J O Y N T. And they've got videos of Jerry in there playing the organ, but the pizza was incredible. They had a full bar. They had a big brick oven that they cooked pizza in or baked pizza in. Haven't had pizza like it since it was the best pizza in the area. And unfortunately, it burned down. But another spot that I wish I had one more chance to go before they closed. So, JT, I don't know if you're in that boat where you wish you had one more opportunity to go with your mom. But I know I've got a couple of those that if I had known it was going to close, definitely would have gone for one last hurrah. It's funny, too, because JT was talking about was like an indoor village. We don't have anything like that out here. Everything is outdoors. Yeah, nothing like that here. 
Scott, that rounds out episode 265. I want everybody to check out Wrestling Toy Tracker over there. They've got the carded and loose prices of LJN's Gloobs, Hasbro's Just Toys Bendems that we were talking about earlier. Defining Moments and Retros. Go over there. Also, buy a shirt from them over at whatamaneuver.net. Again, wrestlingtoytracker.com. Scott, Eagle Moss. Yes, guys, if you have a pop culture or a WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone, look no further than Eagle Moss. You can find them on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. They've got a ton of great products from DC to Star Trek, you name it. But of course, they also have WWE. Great line of WWE statues. Check them out. Legends, current superstars, you name them, they've got them. Eagle Moss on Twitter at HeroCollector underscore. Scott, I want to throw it back to the podcast buddies. Of course, I want to start off with Breaker and Bane's Power Hour and also check out Power Hour Pro Wrestling on YouTube. That was a lot of fun to watch. Always a great time watching that on YouTube. Also, Breaker is doing interviews on his side project called, you know it's fake, right? That's the name of the show. Such a great name. I am not divulging anything. I hope no kids are listening because that would spoil some things. But anyways... (laughs) Check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour and Breaker Side Project. You know it's fake, right? Also, check out Doing the Favor. They are doing two shows each week, one on sports, the other on wrestling figures. Our good buddies Eric and Barry have a great tool over there on their website as well, doingthefavor.com, where you can check out the SKUs and UPCs of figures that, well, you can't really check out the uh, stuff on Pop Finder anymore. That's not... Wait, Pop Finder went away? Well, that Pop Finder's still there, but you can't search wrestling. I can't find any wrestling figures on there. Oh, screw you, Pop Finder. Right? Us collectors and PS5 guys just ruined it for everyone. <laughs> we really did. I blame <laughs> the G.I. Joe classified fans. <laughs> I do too. But check out doingthefavor.com and also check out their show on iTunes, Doing the Favor. I am not forgetting him this week positively pro wrestling podcast steve and eric do a fun fun show where the beginning of the show they talked about getting covid vaccines so it was a medical podcast but then it turned right back into wrestling so again positively pro wrestling podcast on itunes and i'm announcing it right now next week seth sheena are coming on from the chick foley show celeste and i were on there last week they are coming on next week to sit in with scott and i as they can listen to our dumb banter (laughs) oh they'll love it (laughs) they probably will (laughs) so just watch a lot of beavis and butthead before you come on that'll bring you (laughs) right down to our level so seth and sheena will be sitting in with us next week from the chick foley show find them on itunes chick foley show also justin from wrestling cheers he is doing a fun show each week as well he has an interview this week that is a lot of fun to listen to. So again, Wrestling Cheers podcast. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Also, our buddies Marty and Rucker over at Boots of the Face. I want everybody to download Lucha Libre figures and facts over on the Lucha Central Network or on iTunes as well. Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, or as you call it, DWH. Yeah, DWH, you know, that's what the cool kids call it these days. Yes, Drunk Wrestling History, you can find us on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We just dropped, and I say this with a drop in my voice, we just dropped the new Valentine's Day episode. 
And how did now, it go? This was probably our most infamous episode from last year. I was not real proud of it and <laughs> promised I would I would never do that again. Well, I'm proud to say that this year I kept my promise, but I can't say that everybody else did. Uh-oh. So check it out. We talk wrestling on-screen couples, not like behind the scenes or anything like that. Wrestling on-screen couples. They may have been couples behind the scenes, but on screen, they were a couple. Everybody got a say and got a pick, and we drank a lot. It was it was a fun show. Hopefully, you guys get some belly laughs out of it. Again, Drunk Wrestling History on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk, where we're not always accurate, but we're always drunk. <laughs> it was funny. After you recorded, you only recorded two shows last week. Yeah. We're, we're in a group chat with, I think it was you, me, and Steve Hoker on that one. Yes. And you were talking about how you were hammered. It was actually kind of funny. And little side note, fun fact, I was hammered when I was typing to you as well. (laughs) All right, I'll take it. I'm always living the gimmick, brother. Also, check out our buddies, Marty and Sarah, who love wrestling on iTunes. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Also, check him out on Facebook where he does live trivia. That's a lot of fun as well. Scott, roll call. Yes, leading off as we do every week with the great, the amazing, the super talented artist himself, the great Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on his social media accounts at Art of Jason Wolf. You got to stay tuned to find out when his newest custom Hasbro's drop. He just dropped an amazing Jim the Anvil Neidhart custom Hasbro, and you had your choice of a head that Jason did himself, or you could pick the small head that came on his original Hasbro, but this was a Heart Foundation Jim the Anvil Neidhart that looked great next to the Brett Hasbro. So if you missed out, feel really bad about it, but jump on his social media, give him some follows, and you won't miss out again. Again, at Art of Jason Wolf, or head over to his website to get in touch with the man himself, Doyle, D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com. And Jeff, I want to throw it out to Tim. He dropped his first episode of Pulling Up a Chair. He had ring skirts on for an interview, and that's what the show's going to be. He's turning a spotlight on the wrestling figure community, and it's it's long overdue and well-deserved. He's going to have interviews with a bunch of great guests. First one out of the shoot was with Ring Skirts. Two great guys. That's Tim. That's Nate. You learn some history about Nate, and you kind of hear the creative process involved, which to me was the best part. Tim had great questions, but that's enough about that. You go check it out for yourself. Hit that subscribe button. Pulling up a chair wherever you find your major podcasts at... Bravo, Tim. Great job on your first show. I look forward to many more, my friend. And that rounds out Roll Call. Actually, I'm going to go download it right now. It's great, dude. You won't be disappointed. Two great guys having a great conversation. I was super impressed. So, Scott, for episode 265, we are 265 years old, dude. Yeah, that's that's how the math works. Yeah. Things are drooping and sagging that have never drooped and sagged before, you know? New aches and pains every day, brother. <laughs> Dude, ain't that the truth? I went to get up from uh, sitting down on the couch the other day, and I didn't realize like my knee wasn't about to lock up on me. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, great! Here goes the occasional hip too. <laughs> it's old hockey injuries, but you know what? I wouldn't have traded it for anything. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I get out of a low seater car now. I feel like a transformer when I'm getting out of it. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Yeah, <laughs> and then fall down. <laughs> Can somebody get that on their ring door cam? <laughs> Please. I might have video of that. I'm not tipping my hand too much, though. 
So Scott, for episode 265, anything else? Stay six feet apart. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Get vaccinated. Fig license 2016. And happy toy hunting. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 265. Are you waiting for it? Oh, with bated breath, dude. I can't wait. Remember to get your pets spayed and neutered. Thank you, you Justin. (laughs) Hashtag fake life. Adios. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the kings.